Well, uh, this morning, in case you haven't heard through announcements and if you weren't here at the very beginning, um, Steve and Marcy Fish are here this morning from Fort Worth, Texas. They are the senior pastors of Convergence Church where Jessica and I were for six years. We were there um, first three years. I was in seminary and we uh, just did ministry all types of ministry stuff over there. And then the last three years of our time in Fort Worth, I was uh, on staff there doing different things. But they are uh, just awesome mentors and spiritual mom and dad to Jessica and I. And um, a lot of the the DNA of the awakening come from these two people. So uh, if you went to Convergence Church in Fort Worth, it would probably have a very similar feel. And every church is different. But it, no matter if you planted it next door to each other, but it's you would pick up on the same things because that's that's who the Lord uh, brought us to to to, raise, to teach us and raise us up, and we just um, we're so thankful to have been under their leadership for those six years because they were just pivotal times, and uh, they are just amazing friends to us as well. So. Welcome you guys on up, whoever's going to come up here and start us off, and we love you guys, man. All right. Wow. Great job. Aren't you thankful for these guys preparing all of this? How many know this didn't just like fall together by accident? <laughs> that might have taken a little bit of work. So, wow, that was so much fun. And uh, it's so good to be here with you guys. Um, I see familiar faces and some new faces also. And uh, as Travis was saying, Marcy and I are from Fort Worth, and uh, we met Travis and Jessica there a, while, a little while back, just a little while. It's going to be a, quite a few years now. And uh, we're just so blessed to be a part of the Awakening family and to get to be here with you guys this morning, just to see what God's doing and what he's releasing in Athens. So uh, just to begin with, I wanted to uh, share a few words. I, I asked the Lord ahead of time just to give me some words for some people, and to some, a lot of times he'll sort of show me what someone's wearing and give me a word for him. So I had the, I had the blue, uh, the checkered, I kind of called it plaid when I saw it, but yeah, that's you back there. When I saw it, I was like, oh, that's my dude. Uh, what's your name? I'm Drake. Drake? Oh, cool. So Drake, I, I saw you and I just, uh, and it, to me again, it looked like plaid. So you just have to, I said, uh, blue and plaid is a great lad. <laughs> and, uh, but I saw this integrity and fire that's, that's on your life and uh, just this fire that's in your eyes. And I just felt like that fire that's on you is only going to increase and that you're going to have more and more experiences even throughout this coming year. And as you go into in the 2016, you're just going to have these encounters with the Lord. And I just feel like the intensity and the, the heat of the flame of the fire that's in your heart and in your eyes is going to increase. Um, and that there's a strong foundation just uh, of integrity also, though, in your life. And that's something that God really loves about you. So we bless you, Drake. All right. And um, the, I had the green and the black. Where was the little girl that had the green and the black? Um, 
she's gone. We'll get her later. And she had pink also. But where am I? Let's just, uh, if you have on pink, I think the pink, this word pink may be for more people than one. If you have on pink, uh, just stand up. Okay. And, and I got, you know, I, I, that looks pink to me. Yeah. So I, I just, uh, I just heard this phrase, pink has a really good think. And, uh, and I just felt like God wants to say that he really loves to think with you all. Um, he loves the way that you, you ponder with him. And he wants you to know that when you think that it's really worship to him, the way that you go over and the way that you ponder things and the way that you love him with your mind is something that's really, really beautiful to him. And I feel like God is going to be blessing you guys with even uh, just more creativity, that there's things he's going to bring forth. Um, I feel like there's also something just about your... You're journaling and writing things that he shows you, blogging, whatever form it comes out in, um, maybe even expressing it through drawing some. But I just feel like in your minds that you connect with God there and he loves the way that you love him with your minds. So bless you guys. All right. Um, I'll keep watching for, for my other ones here. Well, uh, you know, as I was just uh, praying for the awakening, just being here. Do you want to share any individual words right now? Okay. Um, you know, we were staying at we were staying at Toddy's house, her her new house, and and she was just telling us the whole story of of just how how it was restored and and uh, such a nice place. You know, we walked in this room and it was all fixed up. It looked like a bed and breakfast. Seriously. And uh, we were like, wow, this is, you know, this is really so nice. And she told us the story, you know, just of how the house was such a mess and how, how it was restored. And, uh, and I just felt there's something that's, that's increasing on the awakening in this whole area of restoration, the capacity that you carry as a people to release restoration into the city and into the nations is is increasing, and uh, and so then we're here and the the water main broke. How many of you live like in an area where the water main broke? And so it was kind of funny. So we didn't know what you know. So like we were showering with you know our water balls, and <laughs> we didn't know if you could use the water. It was kind of funny because that's what we do in Mozambique, you know. And we didn't really anticipate doing it in Athens, Georgia. That's kind of funny. And so, but it, it just kind of shows that like one break in the wa- in a water pipe can affect you know thousands and you know tens of thousands of people. And and I just felt like that through the awakening, that God is going to be infusing something really good into the spiritual water system of the city. And that it doesn't take a large group of people to infuse something into the DNA of the spiritual atmosphere of the city that can shift many things. And I feel like God is giving the awakening access to like spiritual water mains in this city. 
and that just this week, as things were like, you know, polluted in the water, that you guys are going to release into the spiritual atmosphere, you're going to release this atmosphere of restoration and of hope. And so this morning, I just want to, I want to just share for a few minutes about this whole thing of, of restoration and, and, you know, just even what it looks like to, uh, to release a spirit of restoration and just beginning that God is really, really good. He is so good that he takes everything to those who are called to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. He, he works everything together for good. And that is really good. And your God is that good that he takes the worst thing that you did in your life that wasn't good, and he works it together for good. And that's just how good and how powerful God is. And you got to be God to do that. And, and so, so he is really good. So I just wanted to start in Isaiah 61. Many of you are familiar with this passage. This is a passage that Jesus, when he stood up and, and said, I'm, you know, I'm beginning my ministry, this is what he said. And uh, so Isaiah 61, he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And so he just begins to talk about the things that happen when the Spirit of God comes on us. And, and, it, and this isn't just about having the Spirit in you. You know, when I received Jesus on May 21st, 1971, when none of you were born, the, uh, the Holy Spirit came in me. I was, I was eight. And... Uh, the Spirit was in me, but I didn't know anything about getting the Spirit on you. And so having the Spirit in me, the Holy Spirit would, would help me, and there was, a, you know, there was some victory and some fruit, but not a whole lot. There wasn't like this real overcoming thing. And there definitely wasn't this boldness to like go up to someone I didn't know and, and talk to them about Jesus or something. But then, 10 years later, the Holy Spirit came on me. And you could not hold me back. This guy who had been timid before and afraid of what people thought, you know, I could just go into a fast food place and stand in line and just lead someone to Jesus. It just happened. And there was this boldness and something that, you know, the Spirit of God who had been in me was now on me. And so we've, we've got to allow Holy Spirit to be on us. And, and that's the filling of the Spirit, baptism of the Spirit. That's when that begins to be released in your life. When Holy Spirit comes on you and you're not just surviving, it's like there's power now to release change. And, and so the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And the word anointed means even to be like, it can even be translated painted. But it means to be like smeared, to be, to be covered with oil. And I don't want just a little touch of Holy Spirit. I want to, I want to be drowning in Holy Spirit oil anointing. And, uh, and so when this happens to you, you bring good news to the afflicted. You bind up the brokenhearted. You, you put back together the, sh- the shattered hearts. And uh, there's still a few of those in Athens to repair, you think? And uh, you bring good news to the afflicted. Bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to the captives. We still have a few around 
to, to proclaim liberty to. And, you know, I just so even appreciate our worship today because, you know, just our worship, it's like everything we did in worship today just felt like we were just proclaiming liberty into this, into this city. It, it felt like we were proclaiming liberty from even religious oppression and all, you know, just all kinds of things, just proclaiming liberty today. And freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, that we get to go in and we get to say, no, God's up to something good. This is the year of the favor of God. And God wants to bring favor on your life. And when he comes into your life, he begins to connect you with his favor. He begins to supernaturally open doors for you. In the day of the vengeance of our God, that God actually, his vengeance is against our enemy. (laughs) It's not against people. But his vengeance is against our enemy. And and this even speaks of that whole thing of restoration that God has purchased us with his blood. And he is zealous to give back and restore everything that the enemy has stolen from our lives. And to release comfort on those who mourn. And there's all kinds of mourning and grief going on. Not just about the loss of people, but people who've lost their identity. People who have lost hope and there's just they're living in this place of mourning and this place of grief and it says we get to grant those who mourn in Zion and we give them a garland instead of ashes so so like where there's ashes which ashes are if you look at the definition ashes are like the residue of combustion and so so where there's been a blow up people are wearing around those ashes and, and so we get to come and we say, hey, you don't have to wear those ashes of defeat around anymore. God gives you a garland of victory. And so we get to bring that exchange. And see, this is what the anointing empowers us to do, that we're not, we're not powerless as we look at the things that are going on in the world, that when the Spirit of the Lord is upon us and we have the gospel, we, God makes us powerful, to see change. And, and I just want to say that this is a powerful group of people in this room this morning because Holy Spirit is in you. And, and God always, it's not, God is not a God who usually chooses to work through the majority. He works through a small group of people who just say, we're in for this thing. And we're, whatever it looks like, God, we're in with you. And so he gives the oil of gladness Instead of mourning, and the mantle of praise, instead of spirit of fainting, or that could even be depression, that, that God releases a mantle of praise in the place of depression. And so we have all these really great things that happen when the Spirit of God comes upon us individually, that, that we get to release these things. And then when you go to verse, second half of verse three, I thought we were to verse four. So they will be called the oaks of righteousness. So this is really cool because. The Holy Spirit takes you and he makes you not into someone who just has some powerful things pour through their life. He makes you like into a strong person of integrity. Oaks are solid. Oaks are strong. And so he takes you and makes you into somebody that can handle his anointing and not explode. <laughs> that there's, there's this integrity in our lives. And so it's all part of what the Holy Spirit does. And, and we become the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. So then, verse 4. So they. So now we've shifted from the Spirit of the Lord coming upon me. And we've shifted to they will rebuild 
the ancient ruins. And so individually, we've been experiencing the anointing and learning to flow some and what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and I just want to encourage you guys, don't, don't ever be afraid of what Holy Spirit does. You know, I had heard all these stories, you know, like, well, you're, you know, if you let the Holy Spirit come on you, you're going to do all these weird things and all that. And, you know, I just want to say that I've never regretted letting Holy Spirit fill my life. And I was so afraid, you know, I had people tell me like, you know, don't, you know, speaking in tongues of the devil, and all these things. I had all these fears, you know, and I just had to go read my Bible and just look and say, okay, you know what? This is in the Bible and this is in the Bible and this is in the Bible. And not only did Jesus do these things, the church kept doing these things after he left. People were getting healed. Demons were leaving people. The supernatural realm of God and supernatural realm of the spirit is very real. And so let the Holy Spirit do everything he wants to do in your life and totally, totally give in to him uh, because he, he is going to bring good gifts, good things from the Father. So these anointed people then come together and they do some things together that they could not do alone. And that's why we're here today because as a family we can do things. We can go places. And something happens even when we worship together corporately that doesn't happen when we just worship together alone. And so they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations. They will even repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. So when these individuals who the Spirit of the Lord God is upon them, when they come together, they're not even just seeing like a few, people, a few broken hearts bound up. There's a capacity on them to see cities restored. And when you see cities restored, you can see nations restored. And, and so the, just looking at these words here, it, there's, uh, we've got these um, three R words here. So um, to rebuild, to raise up, and to repair. And so just want to glance at those words for a moment. That word repair is used uh, several other times in the Old Testament. And it, it means to renew. Samuel said, same Hebrew word, come and let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom of God there. How many of you know God wants to make things new? And God wants to even breathe on believers in this city and bring a newness and bring a freshness. And uh, so, so we're going to see things made new. Uh, when David prayed this psalm after he uh, was, was caught in his sin, um, he, he prayed in Psalm 51 and he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew. Lord, would you please, something in me has been broken. Something is old. Would you bring a newness now and renew a steadfast spirit within me? Same word, Psalm 103. He satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And so we're going to bring, we're going to bring this newness and this renewal into the city. And uh, we're even going to see things renewed that have been desolate for many generations. Because, see, God has inheritance. God has, an, even in the city of Athens here, there's inheritance for this city. There's individuals who have inheritance that's been stolen from them. And, uh, and so we're going to see those desolations restored. So, 
if, if we're going to be a people of restoration, we're going to have to see things differently. Because people who are good at restoration, they don't see what you see in the natural. They see beyond it. And so there's going to need, there's going to, need to be an upgrade of our vision. And, and there's going to have to be no place for judging in our hearts. And I, I remember when the Lord started dealing with me about judging one day. I was, I was, I was running and uh, actually I, w- I was driving and this guy was running. I'm going to get this right here this morning. <laughs> I was flying. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, I was driving past this and this old man was trying to run. And, and, and I looked at him and I just said, man, that guy is a horrible runner. And. And I heard this voice, and you, you kind of, you know, sometimes when you hear the voice and you know you're kind of, you're in trouble. And it said, and, and it's so like God to ask us questions. And, and the voice said, how do you know? Well, I was like, well, look at him. He was like, well, how do you know? And, the, and then I was like, okay. And he's like, what if he just had his knee replaced? And it's like the most incredible thing in the city is that he's running. And it just kind of kept going. Like, what if he's gifted to run at a four level and he's actually running at a four? And what if you're gifted to run at a seven level and you're only running at a four? I was like, oh my goodness, the guy's a better runner than me. <laughs> and I looked at him and I just realized that, I, that in my heart, I totally judged this guy. And I didn't know anything. And, and judging is when we put ourselves in the place. Like if I was in that place, I would do better. You don't know what you would do. And so I just have to assume like if I was in that place, I, you know. And so, so there's, there can be no place for judging in our hearts. And what we're looking for, when you have eyes of restoration, you're not looking for what's messed up. Okay? It doesn't take any spiritual vision or discernment to point out what's messed up. We, we, can, <laughs> we can all do that pretty good with our flesh. And so talking about how bad th- things are usually doesn't advance the kingdom of God too much. <laughs> you know? And so we're going to have to see with different eyes, and we're going to be looking for what's precious. And we're going to see something where we see the outer shell and you see what's messed up, but we're going to have eyesight to look in there and find what's precious. And, and that's what we're looking for, which is really fun that we get to like when we're out, like when you're in a restaurant, you know, I used to think that we had to start out telling people how bad they were and that they were going to hell. You know, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, you know, and I used to, and, and it was like, God, just show me like, hey, no, I can start out telling people even something that God really likes about them. And so that's what I ask God to do when I'm in a restaurant. I ask God to tell me something he likes about my waiter. And I share that with him. Hey, you know. God really likes the heart that you have to serve and that you're serving here right now and you're doing this for your family. Do you have kids? Yeah, it's like, you know, and, and just you just begin to share with them what God likes about them. And we look for the precious and we connect with people's hearts. And it's an open doorway to, to share the gospel. And, uh, you know, the whole story of the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 Jesus and his disciples were passing through Samaria. His guys went out to get some food. 
And Jesus goes up to talk with a Samaritan woman. And of course, you know, some of you know the story, you know, Jews weren't supposed to talk to Samaritans and especially you weren't supposed to talk with Samaritan women. And and you didn't do that. And, And really, this woman had kind of a history. And so, you know, you really weren't supposed to go talk to her. And so what does Jesus do? He goes right up and talks to her. And, you know, part of restoration is that we're going to have to break some religious rules. And we're going to go some places where, you know, we haven't gone before because we're going to release the kingdom there. You're not supposed to go to Burning Man. Yeah, it's against the rules. But you go to Burning Man because Burning Man needs light. But that's not the way, that's not the way we grew up. The way we grew up is you stay far away from Burning Man and you curse Burning Man. You boycott burning man's evil. And that, you know, and so, yeah, that's, that's what you do. You, you go around and, and you boycott. But now we've learned that we need to take the light into the very darkest places. So we need to take the light into burning man. We had a whole thing that was going on for a while where we went into a bookstore. It was a Borders bookstore in our city and... Um, the reason we went in was a guy in our church who was one of my interns at the time went in and they were having in psychics in the bookstore. And he thought, wait a minute, these guys, they're fake and we got the real deal. Why aren't we going in? So we went to the manager and said, hey, we have a company of dream interpreters and spiritual readers. Can we come in and do that in your store? And they said, sure. And so we went into Borders Bookstore and people came in and we interpreted their dreams and we prophesied. We didn't say, like, this is prophecy. But we, but we, we said, hey, we have spiritual reading. We're the ones qualified to read in the spirit. And so we went in and just began to go in there. Rather than boycotting that bookstore because they were having in psychics and because they had an all kind of witchcraft paraphernalia in the store, we said, no, we're going we're gonna to go in and take the light in. And, and you guys, that's, that's part of your DNA here. You're, you're just wired that way. So but Jesus went up to this woman and starts talking with her. And, you know, I bet the disciples came and thought, what is wrong with Jesus? Someone go get Jesus. He doesn't have any discernment. If Jesus had discernment, he'd know that's a bad woman. He should not be hanging around. He's making all of us look bad. He needs to come eat lunch. And he's talking to this Samaritan woman over here. But... See, what Jesus saw was that woman was actually the key to reaching that entire city. (laughs) Now, would we have picked her? She was the one. And so we're going to start to see more like that. Because some of the people that we have written off, and we said, well, like, no, she's one of the worst in the city. You know, not, not her. Are actually the people who their gift has been stolen by the enemy and perverted. And God actually wants to restore and use them to bring restoration. So we're going we're gonna to see things differently and, and have, have new eyesight. You know, some people see dead, dry bones, but the prophet saw an army. And, and God's not looking for people who can talk about how dead and dry and stinky the bones are. 
He's looking for people who can prophesy over the deadest areas of this city and say, you know what? I just see an army of God rising from here. I see apostles and prophets from this area of the city going to the whole world. I see even kids rising up in elementary schools on fire and revival because of the kids in this part of the city. And so, so we're going to go in and we're, we're going to see differently, you know, an area that's laid waste that you say no good thing could come out of that. Is that really what God says? And God loves to put beauty where, where there has been desolate places. He loves to release beauty. So, you know, a chair like this, I, I'd probably just throw this chair away. I'd think, well, you know, whatever, you know, I'm just putting it out for the trash and on Tuesday. And if I put it out, usually somebody comes and picks it up, you know, before. And I'm just going to put it out there. And, and, you know, but if you, if you are in, like an antique dealer, you're going to know like, oh, that's the most valuable chair I've ever seen. I'm thinking that's the ugliest chair I've ever seen. But you have eyes of restoration and you know the value of that chair. And and you know that that chair, whatever, you know, is George Washington sat on that chair, maybe, you know. And, And so that chair becomes this chair. But when you have eyes of restoration, you look at this in the natural But inside, you see this. And see, we're going to get really good at recognizing that. Because I believe we're literally going to look at people, and we're going to see that right now, they look like this. But inside, in your spirit, you're going to see this. And we're going to get really good at this. And we're going to get so good at it that we're going to help other people enter into this and begin to see things differently. This painting, you know, you look and say, oh, that's just, that thing has been, it's really been through it. But a restoration artist knows that that can be brought back, maybe not easily, but can be brought back to this. Um, You know, in our church, and you guys are doing the same stuff, you know, we're we're just looking for the darkest places to go. And uh, so we went into to Padia in, in, in Thailand, uh, one of the main sex trade cities really on the, on the face of the earth. And, uh, and sent a team in there, just going in there to find the treasure. And uh, so we want to have restoration vision, but we also want to have a heart of restoration. And, I, and God's going to work something in our hearts to where more and more our hearts long to see people restored. And in Galatians, it says, you know, if somebody's fallen into any, any trespass, say any. any. So, so there's no, you know, like trespass, like freaks God out or something, you know. It's like any, you know, Jesus died for all of it. So if someone falls into any trespass, you who are spiritual restore. So when someone has fallen into anything, our mission is restoration. That this is so clear. Restore them with the spirit of gentleness. And hey, don't be uppity about it like you would never do that. You better be looking at yourself just saying, you know, God have mercy on me. <laughs> you know? And, and so he says, restore such a one. And, and you know, I, uh, when I first began to pastor, 
100 years ago. And, uh, you know, and someone in the church, you know, was living in sexual sin. And, and I remember, you know, how it's kind of like my heart then was that we were going to be right. We're going to handle this right. We're going to do what the Bible says. We're right. And I mean, I mean, you know, there wasn't that I didn't have any love, but it was that right thing was what, and even, even some of the people I was getting some counsel from was, yeah, you need, you need to handle this right. And so my heart, when I was part of this restoration, rather than, God, I want to see this person restored, my heart really was the best I knew was we're going to do it right. And so it wasn't a successful restoration at all. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what would have happened if we'd had a better heart, but I think it, if we had come into that and said, you know, this really isn't even about us. This is about this person being restored. I wonder what they need to be restored rather than what are we going to do that's right to them. If I had just come in and said, you know, what do you need? What, and listen to, to even listen to her heart. And uh, you see, God wants to give us a heart for restoration. And so there's a heart upgrade that has to come with an increase of restoration that we really care. And that people aren't just some kind of project that we have that, that they really know that there's this heart from the bottom of our hearts. They can feel the love and, and the compassion of Jesus flowing through us. So I was right, but I was wrong. <laughs> and hopefully I would do it differently today. You know, Jesus, when they brought to him the woman caught into adultery, you know, all the rules said at that time, like, stone her. And so, they, you know, everybody's watching to see what Jesus is going to do. He kneels down and begins to write in the, in the dirt there. And it says that the, uh, the elders left first. <laughs> the wise old men are like, dude, get out of here. I know where this is going. <laughs> and then finally, everyone leaves, and it's Jesus and the woman who's been caught in adultery. And Jesus looks at her, and he says, woman. I don't think he said, woman. I, that's not the Jesus I know. <laughs> I think he said, Woman. And when he said woman, I think all shame that she had felt all of her life went. And it just totally left her. And it was like when he said woman, it communicated to her, you are a person of worth. And in that one word that Jesus communicated more value to her than all the words that she had heard in her life combined. Woman, you are valuable. You are precious. I made you. You are not a piece of garbage that we are going to stone and throw away today. You are precious. Woman. You know, as, as we're full of God, just one word from you can begin to bring a shift in someone's life. I was even driving through Starbucks. This was a couple years back now. And, and one day I just, I was, and I was just living my life full of God, wanting my coffee. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and, uh, 
And so I'm, I'm at the drive-through thing, and she's, you know, it's like, hello, this is this is Caroline. How are you today? And and I said, hi, Caroline. And I could feel it when I said it. You ever say something and feel like it gets like sucked in, like. And I felt like when I said it, it went, and it just really hit her in her heart the way I just spoke her name. And and so I got to the window, and she just said, "Thank you so much. I needed that." And I was, I was kind of like, "Needed what?" It's like when you spoke my name. <laughs> it was just my saying her name, just there, full of God, want my coffee. And so, so much happened when Jesus just said woman, and then he said, uh, you know, go your way. And when Jesus says go your way, you're free. You know, you, he's like, you're going to fulfill, go and fulfill your destiny. And they said, sin no more. And when Jesus says sin no more, I believe you don't have to do it again. I believe you're free. If Jesus says sin no more, you don't have to do it again. And so that's an amazing story, though, just of, of restoration. And, and I believe you guys are going to be running into people, you know, that like have been discarded by the church, people that have been discarded by the university, people, you know, that, that, that the systems of the world have dis, discarded them and said, there's just no place for you. We, you know, but you're going to see the value and, and so Jesus set this woman free. And, and he did, it was similar with Peter. You know, Peter denied Jesus right at such a key time. You know, it's like in the, in the weakest moment, Peter let him down. And Jesus knew it was going to happen. And so, of course, Peter's ashamed. But Jesus approaches Peter, and, and there's this whole conversation, you know, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And it's just this amazing restoration thing is happening, and Jesus is drawing Peter back. He's, he's saying so much to him in these phrases. It's, Peter, I really know who you are. Even just saying his name, I'm going to use you. I'm not through with you, Peter. And uh, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, I, I love you. And he said, tend my lambs. And, and truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wish, but when you grow old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. And basically here he's saying, Peter, just a while back, you, you denied me here in front of even a little slave girl. But Peter, I really know who you are. And you're a rock. And it's your name. And you're going to be so bold that you're not going to run from a slave girl. You're actually going to die from me. I know who you are. And what you just did when you denied me there is not really who you are. I know who you are. And he restored Peter back on track, like with his destiny and the purpose and the calling. And, and you guys are going to see people restored and aligned again with their destiny, who've gotten off. And there's going to be this thing on you that I think a lot of you are going to be running into people who feel like they're disqualified. And even God's going to be bringing people here and into your lives who just, they're, they're pretty sure they're disqualified now. And you're going to get to say, no, you're qualified. You're in. You only get in through Jesus. Yeah, you, you got to make some awesome mistakes. But you come to Jesus, and he did an awesome work on the cross. 
It's more awesome than your mistakes. <laughs> it's more awesome than my mistakes. And it's awesome enough to, to handle it. And that's the Jesus that I know. And so there's going to be that restoration of purpose. And Jesus, Jesus then just speaking that, you know, he's, what kind of death Peter would die following him. So I just want to tell you uh, one more story here. We had a girl come to our church several years ago named, uh, named Louisa. She came to our church because some of the women in, our, women in our church, some of the women's in our church started going out on the streets just to minister, just to really love the prostitutes and just to tell them how precious they were. They started bringing them flowers and not preaching, not carrying around signs, not yelling at them, telling them they're going to hell. Um, they just went out and they'd write them just notes of how precious they were. And so, of course, when these ladies started getting in trouble, they would call the ladies from our church. And so really, the ladies in our church began to pastor the prostitutes of our city. And they would call them and say, hey, my mom's in the hospital. Can you come? And these ladies would come and just really help them and just be there for them. Well, after a while of doing that, some of them got saved. And one of them came to our church. Her name was Louisa. And she came to our church. And one of the first things that happens when you come to our church is you're going to get a prophetic word. It's just, it's just going to happen. And uh, it's just part of the atmosphere and the DNA. And, uh, and so she comes and she gets this prophetic word. And she comes back the next week. She says, after that prophetic word, I was able to get off my psych meds. And so this whole thing is just set in motion. And then she comes and... A couple weeks later, there's a word of knowledge. Someone here is, is being healed of uh, hepatitis. That's what it was. And uh, she had two types of hepatitis. And she knew it was for her. She's like, yeah. And she got prayer. And she went and got tested. Hepatitis, gone. Both types, gone. Just like that. And, um, and so, so then she, uh, finally, she, you know, she's, she just knows she's got to be baptized. And so, and she had, um, she had HIV. And, and so um, she just really felt that when she was baptized, that Jesus was going to heal her of the HIV. And, uh, and so when she was baptized, you know, she felt she went back to get tested at the doctor. And this was the, the email we got. This was back in uh, 2012. Louisa got a report from her doctor this week that the HIV virus, which had been in her body, is no longer detectable. The nurse also said that her T cells are not high, which is evidence that her own body did not fight off by itself. It was a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and all of this, like, happened, you know, just in this period of, of, of months, you know, things that, you know, you would have think, wow, this, this is going to take a long time to get you restored. But, you know, it's like there's... There's this acceleration of restoration. And uh, I believe that you guys, I know you've seen some miracles like this, but you're going to be seeing more of these miracles. And uh, there is a huge capacity on this house to, to release restoration. So I want to ask you to stand for a moment. I'm going to pray and then uh, I want Marcy to come up and just share for a second here and Father, we just thank you that you're releasing a spirit of restoration over this house in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for eyes to see. 
Father, thank you for cleansing our hearts of any judgment. If there's been any judgment, just, just confess it, Lord. Just, I confess that is sin. I acknowledge that. Just, just free me, Lord, from any judgment that's in my heart. In Jesus' name. And let me see through clear, pure eyes as you see Jesus. Lord, give us eyes to see the treasure. Lord, even cleanse us of places where we've been just declaring how bad this is and how off this is and how wrong this is and how this stinks or nothing good's ever going to come out of this part of the city. Lord, we just want to renounce that. And we, we turn from agreeing with those things. And Lord, we are going to prophesy life where there's been dead bones. In Jesus' name. Lord, those may... the. The revivalists and things we've been praying for, the answers actually may be there in the ashes, Lord. And so, and we've been looking many times in the wrong places. And, and so, God, we, we just thank you for eyes of restoration. And God, capture our hearts today with a, just a heart of restoration. To feel what you feel and, and not just to be right, but to have a heart that really cares about a person who is precious and, and to connect, Lord, with that person and with your heart. Lord, let there be a love upgrade. Let there be a compassion upgrade on this house, Lord. I thank you for where you're taking the awakening in this season. And I thank you for miracles of restoration, God, in the name of Jesus. And I just feel like even there's just some of the people that have been like some of the, like some of the worst that you're just going to see over the next 6, 12 months even. Some of them restored. And I just declare that. I feel like I've declared that here before. I want to declare it again. And, uh, and Father, I thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord, even for some people who've been like leading in darkness who are going to lead in light. And uh, people even, Lord, uh, just uh, even uh, with drug trafficking and people who are anointed to connect, who are connecting in the wrong realm, we bless them to rise up and become apostles, to be saved and, and to come into restoration in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. And we thank you for restoration of creative arts people, God, who, who have been stolen away from the kingdom. And we just call them in right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we call in those right now who are, are bound, Lord, in like gay lifestyle things, Lord. We just call them in. It's for full restoration, Lord, and, and redemption of the things that you have in your hearts, God, that you want to make them, Lord, and, and renew them and make them leaders, God, in the coming revival movement. And that, Father, there's gifts and things that you've given to them that have been stolen. And, and we just call them in and we thank you for a, a capacity, Lord, to connect with every area of our harvest, Lord. And we just thank you for what you're releasing and Lord, even over this city, Lord, even over the area where the water main was broken, I just, I feel like there's, you know, this isn't just for that area, but I just feel like there's something also just in that area that God is going to release miracles of restoration in the water over that region where, Father, we just call in over the homes and healings over households and healings over marriages, God, that are going to be saved, Lord, and that you're going to work incredible miracles of restoration in that area, Lord, where, where the water main affected uh, this part of, uh, that part of the city. Father, we thank you for that and the miracles of restoration, Lord, that you're releasing, God. We bless you for it, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. Okay. I just have some God put on my heart and it's not long. 
if your stomachs are starting to growl. Um, but I, I wanted to just say a couple of things um, first. Um, you know, this isn't like weird or like, um, oh, I don't have a good word, but, you know, we just ask God what he wants to do and what he wants to say. Like, we aren't trying to just be all weird and creepy or anything. Like, when we say, like, God showed me somebody in this color or that color, you know what I'm saying? It, the point is God sees you, God knows you, and God has stuff he wants to say. And, you know, he just helps us out because we don't know what he wants to say. So, you know, it helps us to have little clues. So I have a couple of little clues. Um, I'm just going to try it. And the other side of that is we're totally good being totally wrong. And I've just been trying to hear God more specifically, more and more about what he wants to do and say. And sometimes I've Everything I thought I heard, there was not one person in the room that fit that description. Not one. And one time this happened, and everything I had heard was, like, not there. And I had a line of people afterwards in front of me just saying, Thank you so much. You don't know how much that helped me for you to be wrong. (laughs) I'm just like, like all these people got set free, you know, to try to hear God because I was wrong and I was willing to be wrong. And, you know, that's a word for the church right there. I'm just saying (laughs) in line with what Steve's been saying, you know, we got to be willing to be wrong about some things. Um, But anyway, I felt like I saw the color purple and so I, I saw it specifically um, for women, though, for a woman or women. Is this any woman in here have on purple? You do? Okay, well, stand up if you have on purple. Ooh, you do. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I heard. It's very simple. I heard um, Proverbs 31 It says that she was clothed in fine linen and purple. And then right after that, it says strength and dignity are her clothing. And I just felt like that that's just so who you are. I didn't know who it was going to be, but I think it totally fits. Um, That strength and dignity are your clothing. And God wants you to really know that in anything that's tried to say otherwise right now it just to let that fall away because I feel like you're actually called to restore strength and dignity to women in particular and so I feel like first God is just very intentionally and sweetly speaking that over you this is who you are and you have like Steve's talking about that ministry of restoration of strength and dignity for women. So, yay. Did you have something? I just feel like when you guys stood up, I was just like, I heard the word royalty. And I just feel like there's something you carry. And I even feel like even in somewhere in you guys' family backgrounds, there's just something of an inheritance. But that you carry that and you're going to release that to people, that they're royal. 
Thanks, guys. Okay, I'm really going to step out on this one. Um, I don't know if this is for here and now, but I literally felt like I heard God tell me an address. And the address is 549 Oakdale. Does that mean anyone, anything to anyone in here, that address? Okay. Somebody, it means something to somewhere, so we'll go on a mission to find them. Okay, and um, I, I also just really wanted to pray over you guys, Zach and Sarah Catherine, because ever since I talked to y'all last night, I just really so felt God's heart over you guys. And obviously, like, you were crying when you were talking to us, and I just so felt the tender heart of the Lord. But I specifically um, saw a couple of things about you guys, and I saw um, I saw people, like, I, I keep seeing a globe, and, I mean, that's kind of obvious, like, you met on the world race, like, you have a heart for nations, like, anybody that knows you knows that, and I know that. But I saw, like, people holding hands around the globe. And I feel like you have a specific ability, like even what you said to us last night, you said, when I looked at you, I saw something. And I really feel like you really have that gift on you, Zach. And I, I just saw y'all like literally going, like God is going to take you places around the world and you're going to see particular people that God is on that are the deliverers. Um, of that place. They're the restorers. They're the deliverers. They're the ones that are waiting for somebody to call them out and empower them. And you're going to see them. And I felt like even that um, your journey with the, the whole world race was like, I saw like every, it was like every day your vision got clearer. And uh, I feel like you have, um, that God's giving you um, the ability to help others in that way. Like, I saw you, like, handing out glasses, but it was like a spiritual thing. Like, I feel like there are going to be people who they see blurry and they're going to see clearly. God is going to give you the exact right things to say in that moment. And it might even just be that God says, go hug that person. And when you hug that person, they're going to see what they never saw before. So I just bless you guys. Thank you. Okay, and then I'm going to say this quick, but I feel like in line with what Steve, it all goes together, which is good because, you know, you don't know when I'm just praying and he's praying and, you know, I don't know if they're going to go together or not, but, you know, God's good and so they do. So because what I heard for you guys, and I know I may have said things similar to this or even exact words in some of it before, but I feel like I heard the phrase, unwrap the gospel. And I feel like God says to you that you are called to unwrap the gospel, that the awakening is called to take all the wrapping off of the gospel, and that the gospel is going to be so clear. The message of it is going to be so clearly going out from the awakening. And, you know, 
I just felt like God wanted to even just renew and restore some things specifically in you guys that are here today about the gospel. Because, you know, the word gospel means good news. And I just feel like even, I know it sounds a little bit cheesy, but seriously, I heard the main thing, you know, and so it's just kind of interesting that the water main broke, you know, while we were here and, um, and how much that affected everything. Like, because the water main was broken, all the water that flowed out of that, you know, was no longer useful. And I really feel like you have a calling for the main thing. And I feel like God is doing something actually in each one of you, even now, (laughs) um, right here, right now, about the gospel and about Jesus. And I just feel like that, you know, people are crying out all over the world they they don't really care if, you know, it's okay to have church in a bar or not. Or, you know, a lot of the things we concern ourselves with, they just want to know, is God real? Does he care? And is he big enough? Is he big enough for my pain? Is he big enough for my life? Is he big enough for my failure? Is he big enough for what concerns me? That's what people want to know. And I just... I just keep seeing the awakening as this place of, like, the unwrapped gospel. Like, it's real, it's raw, and, you know, people just encounter Jesus when they come here and when you go out. And I keep seeing this place filled. I feel like it's multicultural. I keep seeing this place filled with multicultural people um, with multi, um, I don't know the right word, but economic, like all different economic um, places, um, just filled. I, I know like our church, our ministry is called Convergence, but I really feel like there's this convergence here. And, you know, I know that a lot of you come from even different backgrounds as far as church and God. And I literally saw like all these like theologies coming together it was like streams coming together and they all came together and, and it was like it it actually began to morph into something and when i looked it was like it was a cross and i just feel like god is like just bringing it all together he's converging it together because he wants the gospel to go out he wants the gospel i mean here we are in the south of the United States of America, where, you know, there's a lot of church and there's a lot of really good stuff, but God is calling you to live and be a voice for the raw, real gospel. But in order to do that, I feel like God is asking you, who is Jesus to you, really? You know, he's not just a theology. He's not just a lifestyle. He's not just a belief system. He, all of that comes out of it, but he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is God. 
He is the only way. And I, I love to talk about Jesus. And I love to ponder Jesus. <laughs> you know, when I was 19, I might have said this before, but when I was 19 years old, I left this country for the first time and I went to Mexico and I'm just sitting there and so clearly I hear this voice say to me, see, I'm not middle-class American Southern Baptist. And I was like, wow, I didn't know I thought you were, you know, like, but that's how I grew up. That's what I knew of God. And I'm super thankful for how I grew up. We're still Baptists. We love Baptists. We love Methodists. We love Catholics. We love it all. God loves it all. And nobody has the corner on theology. In this realm, nobody's ever going to have the corner on theology. And I see it all clearly, and everybody else is wrong. Like, anytime you hear that or feel that, like, that's a red flag, (laughs) You know, nobody does. God loves it all. And, and there are beautiful, amazing people who love Jesus in all kinds of churches and gatherings and homes and on the street and everywhere. But I just feel this thing about you guys. Like, who is Jesus to you? Because the gospel is good news. And do, is it really good news? Like, is Jesus really good news to you? Like, is that how you think of him? Like, how do you think of Jesus? Because I feel like he so wants to reveal himself to you. And you know, the name of Jesus, have you ever wondered? Like, it's the most persecuted name in all the world. That there are forces of darkness and they know they cannot stop the gospel. So All they know to do is just try to hide it, distract people from it. Um, They try to silence it. And so, you know, you can talk about God all day long. But you start talking about Jesus, all of a sudden you're in big trouble in some places. You know, and and I'm going to end with this. So... Um, we go. I go to Mozambique, Africa every year. I've been 13 times, and I work with Heidi Baker in Mozambique. And this is one of my favorite stories, and this just happened last summer in Mozambique. And um, they went into this village, and there's this witch doctor who shows up with all these poisonous snakes. And, you know, of course people are freaking out, and that was his whole intention is to make people freak out. So Heidi walks up, so these poisonous snakes are like biting him everywhere, and like he's not phased by it at all. And she just walks up to him, and she feels like the Lord tells her to say this to the witch doctor. So she says, aren't you tired? I feel like you're really tired of all that. Aren't you tired of all this? Are you tired? And he went, "Mm mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, she just starts telling him about Jesus, and she's like, how about, you know, we get rid of the snakes first? (laughs) So they dig a hole, they put the snakes in there, they light a fire, they burn the snakes, and the the rest of the story is, you know, he gives his heart to Jesus, his wife, well, it was his girlfriend that she lived with them, and she gave her heart to Jesus, and they baptized them, and then they married them, and all this happens in the bush, bush of Africa. But 
the reason I'm telling this story and the thing I love about this story is that is what Heidi said to him. And I feel like that, that's such a message to the world right now. Like, aren't you tired? You know, aren't you tired of all of that? You know, but we need a Jesus that is life-giving. <laughs> Not, you know, can you, can you stop that and, you know, adopt this belief system or this lifestyle, you know, or this theology? No, like... Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I came that you might have life. And you carry the very life of God within you, and that's what you have to offer people. So let's stand up. I'm just going to pray. So God, I thank you that each one of these people came here today. God, I thank you for who they are, God. I thank you even... Many of them, I know who they are, God, and they have such beautiful hearts. And and just everything you guys are already doing, the way that you're involved in the foster system and the pregnancy center. And, I mean, look at all the restoration already that you're a part of. And I just bless that. And I just bless each one of you to know Jesus in even more fresh ways. I bless you to to really know the good news, the good news that we would truly live as though you were good news, Jesus. You are good news. And when we have really good news, usually the first thing we want to do is tell somebody our good news. And so I just ask, God, that you would light a fire, God, that you would light a fire in our hearts for the gospel, that you would light a fire in our hearts to be a voice because the forces of darkness are wanting to silence the gospel. And we are the voice of the gospel. So, God, I thank you for a new courage, a new boldness, and a new fire to not just have a nice lifestyle of Christianity, but to burn with the good news of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that right here in Athens, Georgia, right here in the southern United States, there are many, many people, they don't know the good news. And sometimes they wonder, even though they've heard the message, they wonder if it really is good news. So, God, I thank you for the encounters with people even this week, God. I thank you for eyes to see the searching ones. I thank you, God, that we would just smash right into people, God, and that you would show us the way in. Whether it's a smile, whether it's an encouraging word, whether it's a word of knowledge you give us, whether it's just uh, to... Just come alongside and ask if we, how we could pray for them. Show us the way in, God. But give us boldness to be the voice of the gospel. To awaken people in Athens to the good news of Jesus. And I thank you for it, God, because I know you're doing that. And I know these amazing, beautiful people are here because that's their desire. They're here for the raw and the real and the unwrapped gospel. And so, God, I thank you for 
calling this group of people here for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I just want to give one more here. I had a word for green and black, and I think it's you. What's your name? Alexis? Alexis? Yeah. Um, I just saw this restoration anointing on you, and I just felt like God just wanted you to know how proud he is of you. And I feel like there have been some things even the last uh, six months and maybe even the last six weeks where it was like there were some hard things that you came through, and it's like um, you are so going to new places with God. I mean, I felt like you have come through the fire and through the water, and you're coming out into a whole new season. And you're going to see miracles of restoration personally, and you're going to work miracles of restoration. And a lot of people are going to experience restoration through your life. So just bless you. All right. Come on. Bring it on. Well, hey, just the last thing is um, these guys, Travis and Jessica, they're the real deal. <laughs> so... We go a lot of places, we're in a lot of churches, we see a lot of people, and I'm not saying this just because he's my friend and he's stronger than me. <laughs> um, they're the real deal, and I want to encourage you to, to just jump in there with them and always pray for them. Your prayers are powerful. When they come to your mind, pray for them. And it's not easy what they're doing in this place. They love it, and, uh, and they love you. They, they talk about you, and, and they love you. And uh, so, Travis, come take it, man. We love you. Hey, Amen. Thank you so much, Stephen Marcy. If you appreciate what Stephen Marcy had to say this morning. Let's give him a, a round of applause. And and we're just, we're thank, we are thankful for what God's doing in the city. He's got great plans for the city, for you, for this church, for our nation. And, uh, God's always in a good mood and he always sees things with hope. And so, um, we're going to have a, just a time of ministry. If you want to, if our ministry team would just uh, go ahead and gather over by the brick wall. But um, if you need prayer for anything, if you want a prophetic word, if you need prayer for physical healing of any kind, they'd love to pray for you. And, uh, but we're going to just close right now with a word of prayer. If you just put some music on Jesse for me. And then uh, we'll be free to, free to go and get some ministry as well. Father, we just thank you. We bless you. We just declare a, uh, a seal over everything that you've done today, Father. Lord, that the, the, the seed of the word would go and bear much fruit, Father. And Lord, we just de de declare that there is an unwrapping of the gospel in our hearts, that we are coming into a simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ, that we are not being deceived in the Anything outside of the pure simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ, that we see Jesus for who he truly is, and that we, that we see him, Lord, as you purify our hearts. So well, we ask for clean hands and pure hearts, God. We want to we encounter you in fresh and new ways, and we pray that we would be an encounter for others as we go out into our different spheres of influence 
And, Lord, that nobody is safe from a blessing wherever we go. And so, Lord, we just bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you next time.